You might could argue worst case is actually they win like seven games, but Richardson looks really bad. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah, Quentin Nelson carries them to all those uh -huh. games on those fullback runs on the goal line. Welcome in to the Hot Read Podcast for Friday, July the 7th. I'm your host, Easton Freeze, director of published content here at BroadwaySportsMedia.com. We're also brought to you by the 440 Podcast Network, and you can follow me on Twitter at Easton Freeze. I'm joined, as always, by producer JT, who you can follow on Twitter at JT underscore Runky. JT, how you doing? I'm good. What's going on? I, um, I'm back now after seeing Indiana Jones for the long This is right. I had forgotten. Long what's, the, what's the review? Um, Let's hear it. It's perfect movie. Best movie of the, the year. The perfect 10 out film. Of 10. Peak Indiana Jones. No, no, no. Martin no Scorsese. Whatsoever. This is cinema moment. Apparently, apparently you were saying that uh, PK, Paul Kaharski had very similar things to say as I am right now. Yeah, he enjoyed it um, based on his, it. his podcast earlier think, this week I on think, the 440 Podcast Network. Yeah, um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge was great, and I totally thought it was setting it up for her to take over the role, which I would have no problem with. I love Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I've seen, have you ever seen, um, oh, what's the show that she did? Yeah, I don't even know what she's been in. Oh, it's a, it's a Hulu original. I can't think of it right now, but she was in a show that I really like. Um, that's phenomenal. Um, she was really good. I really enjoyed it um, as indiana jones kid growing up it filled the indiana jones size hole in my uh oh my heart. she was in fleabag okay. yes fleabag i just gotcha. i just she created fleabag she directed it gotcha. and started okay. in it. so i love her work awesome person great uh director actor so so the perfect movie indiana the jones perfect movie i loved it there's no notes of course no it totally <laughs> wasn't a bad movie or anything like the, okay. totally the effects would didn't look terrible or anything no no it's great i loved it <laughs> okay. getting some mixed messages here well uh we do have the perfect show for you today we as do always we're starting our review of our tour of the afc south and today we're starting with the ponies up in indianapolis we're doing the indianapolis colts with a fantastic guest jt we've been excited about this one all week long it's zach hicks um, who, if you follow the Colts tangentially at all online, you're probably familiar with some of his work at Zach Hicks Two on Twitter, lead analyst of Colts on Fan Nation and the co-host of the Locked on Colts podcast. Really bright guy. I've been a fan of his work for a while and super jazzed to have him on today. So, so without further ado, let's get to our conversation with Zach Hicks on the Indianapolis Colts. And today we're starting with the historically Titans biggest rival in the division. It's the Indianapolis Colts. And we've got a fantastic guest who I'll go ahead and bring on in. It's Zach Hicks. He's the lead analyst over at Colts on Fan Nation at Sports Illustrated and the co-host of Locked on Colts podcast. Zach, we're so excited to have you, man. How are you? Hey, I'm glad to be here. I uh, love Titans fans and, and everybody with the Titans, obviously. You know, always good memories talking to Titans fans. Uh-huh. Very civil. <laughs> yeah, very right. civil. I 100%. think you guys have the right level of craziness. You know, it's it's like okay. it's like right around where it should be, you know. Okay. You know, like sure. You never go too far, but you do go you push that line quite a bit. You know, your your fan base there. It's a it's a very fun fan base. I love it. They're yeah, they're a fun time. Um, I would say I, I feel like with fan bases, people it, it's so insular. So folks are like, this is the worst fan base. I feel like most fan bases are all roughly the same. Yeah. Some maybe just more delusional than others. Um, 
for me, like I, I can tolerate Colts fans a lot more than I can tolerate like Jaguars fans, for example. Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of like little man syndrome, I think, with teams that don't find a lot of success and suddenly think that they're good. But um, today we're talking about a Colts team that in some ways um, kind of in a similar spot to the Titans in the sense that they're looking to be as competitive as possible. It's not a full um, they're, not, they're not tanking by any means, but it, they're in a kind of a transition period. Right. And this year, the Colts are a team that many are maybe down on in terms of whether or not they'll be a, a playoff contender um, or a team that is is really all that difficult this year. But they're for the first time in, in I in my opinion, in a couple of years now, the Colts do have a, a lot going for them at the quarterback position, at least. And of course, in today's NFL, that's the biggest thing. Like, you know, it's you know, and I, maybe this has made you just pull your hair out the past couple of years new quarterback every single year, retreads, old guys. Now you finally are just going with a guy. You'd imagine they're going to give the full rookie contract um, to to give give him a chance, just see what you've got, number four overall pick. It's funny, Zach, you know, this is a Titans show. Anthony Richardson was my quarterback one throughout the draft process. I was a big truther. Like, I'm, I'm a huge fan of him and what I think he could be, his ceiling. Obviously, this year is going to be a big developmental year for him, but I want to start there and let's start at the draft. We can kind of make our way chronologically through the off season. The Colts draft Anthony Richardson at four. What was your reaction? Was he the guy that you were wanting there? Oh yeah. Yeah. Anthony Richardson was my guy since I want to say December. It's once we knew the Colts. I mean, once they made the move to Jeff Saturday, we were like, okay, like that, that's it for this season. Burn like, it down. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, cool. They're burning it all down. Like obviously, nothing good is coming from this. I mean, from even from that first win, you're like, okay, nothing is good is going to come from the just right. Saturday move. Uh, so we kind of expected to be in that top three to four, five, six range, wherever it was going to be there come draft day. Uh, and when I was looking at all these quarterbacks, you know, I, I loved Bryce Young. Uh, I really liked CJ Stroud in a lot of aspects. I even really liked Will Levis. You know, I was, I was a guy who was higher on Will Levis than most uh, in media. And I had him as a, you know, good solid first round pick type of guy. Uh, but Anthony Richardson was the type for me where obviously you have to look at what these guys can do. And I'm sure what you saw when you were having him as your QB one, there's nobody in this class that can do what Anthony Richardson can do. You know, that, yeah. that, that big arm, that athleticism, the ability uh, within the pocket to not take sacks uh, and just extend plays and create plays. And obviously we're seeing a lot of mobile quarterbacks hit in recent seasons where you kind of want to be on that, that train, you know, if you're not having a Pat Mahomes, oh, yeah or something like that you want to have the big arm athletic guy to where worst case scenario you get a justin field season from last year where the passing was just horrendous Bingo. but you still get a thousand yards rushing you know you still get that thousand right. yards rushing uh so when i looked at all that and then obviously you dig into who anthony richardson is as a person uh, and all that which it's hard to do from our from our seats you know our right. couch seats and stuff like that but uh when i was really diving into him i was like you know what this is a player where i'm okay with missing on this you know, I know the completion percentage is not great. I know there are a lot of concerns with with, you know, his projections, to the NFL and developing as a passer and experience. Right. Just not right. a whole lot of right. ball. He's young. He's super young, super so young. young and, and very few starts in the college game. It's extremely risky. But I think when you look at everything surrounding him and looking at his talent, uh, looking at his ability and what he can be. And, and again, the personality, I think, is really likable as well. Yeah. That's a risk you're worth taking. You know, it's worth, if you get fired for taking that shot, 
you know what? At least you tried to take that shot. You know, you went for the three pointer instead of uh, the it's contested good process, layout. right? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's a process. Yeah, exactly. If, for me, it was really simple. It was the floor and the ceiling, right? And you, like you mentioned, those flashes you saw on tape, the ceiling was higher than the rest of the class. Like mm -hmm. there, there were certain things he did, and you're like, if that is something that you can refine and and make repeatable on a, a regular basis that's what you're looking for in the nfl and then also like you mentioned the instant floor of the most athletic quarterback in the history of the nfl already like that just objectively um he he is a a monster athlete that alone even if this year as a passer he's horrendous like justin fields was last year right the, the floor is so high on the rushing and athletic ability alone and it's already, I think, I think that people are underestimating what that one-two tandem of a healthy Jonathan Taylor and Anthony Richardson in the run game is going to look like as long as the offensive line continues to be a borderline right around top 10 run blocking um, unit. That's, that is going to carry them, I think, further than, than many expect. Um, I want to ask you this before we move on to the talking about the rest of the draft class, what this season does a successful year look like in your eyes for Richardson from a developmental standpoint? If he has a, a season identical to what Fields did last year, and there are some serious question marks in the passing game, but his his playmaking ability is really strong, is that something that you look at as a, as a positive or like a win season for him? I mean, you obviously want to see more development than what right. Justin Fields had as a passer last year. But given, again, I'm not saying this Colts team is amazing by any by any means at all, but you're giving him... It's a better circumstance than what right, Justin Fields right. had. Yeah. You, you know, you're, you're paying three Pro Bowl caliber offensive linemen, even though they didn't play like it last year. You're still paying the offensive line quite a bit, more than what the Bears had last year. You're bringing in an offensive play caller who had Jalen Hurts playing in the Super Bowl last year. This play caller did phenomenal things with the mobile quarterback. Uh, you have a thousand yard receiver and Michael Pittman Jr., a really athletic tight end and Jelani Woods. And oh, yeah, the top two or three running back in football and Jonathan Taylor. You're, you're hoping that this is a little bit better than what Justin Fields was able to do last year just because you have more talent around him. Uh, but no, I think if you're doing a projection like for like fantasy football, even or just for projecting what he's actually going to do on the season. I think you're going to look similarly to, you know, the, the last eight to nine games, whatever, of Lamar Jackson's rookie season when he came in and started. Uh, look at uh, Josh Allen's rookie season where Josh Allen was like a 52 percent passer, but still in for around, what, 600 yards or something like that. Like right. a really productive season where you could just see the flashes. But I think the most important thing is the player that Anthony Richardson is in week one. I want to see him look much better in week 17. It doesn't have to be, again, all pro Josh Allen, all pro Pat Mahomes right. level. But if you can see from week one to week 17 that this passer is going from, oh, he looks shell-shocked in week one, 45% passer, uh, fumbles <laughs> twice, throws a pick or two, you know, something like that, to where in week 17, even if this team's a four-win team, right, he's actually able to – complete passes in rhythm he's able to look comfortable in the offense and maybe other things are falling apart around him uh which that's perfectly fine they're in a rebuild right now uh, right. i just want to see that improvement throughout the year and i'm calling this entire season a success even if they win one game <laughs> you know i just want right. to see him get better and better because 2023 doesn't matter as much it's more about 2024 2025 2026 now with the colts no i completely agree looking at the rest of this draft class um it was one of those things just sitting on my couch watching the draft 
the Colts draft process is so similar to my my taste. Like we were talking about this before we were recording. They continue to take guys the past two or three years in particular that were total my guys. Um, and as somebody that covers the Titans, it's very funny because I have to sit here and like praise them. People are like, oh, you're a Colts fan. It's like, no, I just I liked the player. If you listen to me before the draft, I like these players and the Colts just happened to take all of them. Um, like, you know, JT and I were sitting, we went to the combine this year. We're sitting there at Lucas oil and it's the wide receiver drills. And the first guy that catches our eye is Josh downs. We, we mm-hmm. fell in love with him from, from that point. We, we come home, we do all our tape study on him. We go through our, our top receivers in the class and, and all of those things. And, and he was one of the guys that I was really, really fond of. I thought where you got him was preposterous. Um, the, the fact that he fell as far as he did, uh, I expect him to be a, like a noticeable impact immediately on this team. I think that he, if it, along with the fact that he's a good player, he's also, in my opinion, a fantastic complimentary fit in that wide receiver room to what you have in Alec Pierce, who I really liked and Michael Pittman jr. Who I also really liked coming mm-hmm. out. Um, both of those guys do things that are maybe more specialized and, and what, downs is going to bring in my opinion to the the slot as just a versatile capable player immediately you got to be pretty excited about that right well yeah he's he's the first uh quick win wide receiver they've had since ty hilton back yeah. in 2018 you know and, and when i say quick win wide receiver you know if you look at the philadelphia eagles offense last year under shane steichen when they needed that third and four conversion when they need a third and three third you know third and five third and six that they're not going to run the ball Devonta. they're going to they're going to, yeah, they're going to isolate Devonta Smith yep. either in the slot in those empty sets, you know, that that uh, third inside guy on the strong side mm-hmm. or weak two side, or you're going to have him backside on a three by one and you're going to have him run that quick slant. You're going to have him run a whip route. You're going to have him just create that quick separation. And for how much I love Michael Pittman Jr. and how much I love Alec Pierce, they're not true separators. They're not guys who are going to win off the line of scrimmage. You know, Michael right. Pittman Jr. might be able to beat you with some power off the line. And, and once Pierce cleans up his footwork, he might be good on those quick slants with his stronger upper body and stuff like that. But uh, when you're looking at a player like Josh Downs, he can actually create that separation, which is huge when you have a quarterback like Anthony Richardson, where, you know, even if the accuracy improves, you still need to get that placement where it needs to go. You know, the placement yep. that the difference between a three yard gain and a 10 yard gain is the ball being where it needs to be on that route. Not where you, not where the receiver can just make a catch, but where you totally. can actually do something after the catch so having a player like downs where that that window of that mistake window basically is so much bigger like it it close or i guess it closes the mistake window and opens up the ability to create some positive things that's what a player like josh downs does and yeah and getting him for your you know early on erratic passing quarterback is going to be really good looking elsewhere in the draft a pair of cornerbacks who are going to see more action than i think folks expected them to this year um, after the suspension by the league and then released by the Colts of Isaiah Rogers, which I, I want to ask you about that. First of all, uh, obviously not surprising that the league suspends him for, I guess, indefinitely for at least one year, right? Mm-hmm. The Colts then cutting him that, that has to be indicative of their suspicion, or maybe they just know internally he may never play again, or it may be a long, long time because he really is a talented player. Like, this season he was poised to make himself a lot of money. That's a, a real bummer for him. And, you know, actions have consequences, but 
why why did they cut him if if not for the fact that they know he's just not going to be available for for beyond just this season? Yeah, you know, it, it's a there's a lot of things that probably went into that that we don't really you know, we're not really too privy to, and I don't want to speculate right. too much. But one way I would kind of speculate without I don't want to again I don't want to say too much here, but if he didn't disclose to the team early on or, or was continued lying to the team, if they were asking about something like that, that could just break that, that line of trust between the player uh, and the team. Again, I'm not saying he did that, but that would be one reason. But the other reason is like you said, it's an indefinite suspension. It's not even for sure. Just one year. It's an indefinite suspension. Uh, And we, from what we heard that he was betting on Colts games too, which that's a huge no-no for the league. And we know the league likes to blackball some players. (laughs) You know, yeah. they, they have their couple guys, you know, for whatever reason, you know, if you there's domestic abuse and stuff, you can come back in the league and and do all these other things. But if the league wants to blackball you, they will, you know, and, and it doesn't mean that you have to be like this top tier player or this low level player or anything like that. But basically, uh, they will collude against certain things like that. So if it's a player who did bet on his team's games and if you bet on his team to lose, which I mean, if he wanted to win money last year, he would have bet on the Colts to lose. I don't, I don't know why he would have bet <laughs> on them winning. Yeah, uh, they they should have never suspended if he bet on the Colts winning because he didn't win any money from this. It's true. <laughs> you know? Like it's there's, true. there's no way. But uh, no, if he was betting on you know win projection for the Colts or something like that, I I just can't imagine him coming back. I really hope he does. Uh, he's he made a horrible decision, horrible mistake. Uh, I've talked to him many times over the years. He's a really good guy, does a lot of community work and a lot of really good things. But like you said, actions have consequences. And and a guy who was about to make a ton of money, he was about to double his total career earnings just this season. Right. And then it- Fortunate, man. Yeah, so the, the pair of cornerbacks that are going to see more action now, obviously, Juju Brent's a second-round pick. And then when did they take Darius Rush? Fifth round or sixth? Something Fifth like round. round. Fifth round. Um, th- those guys are going to see a lot more action uh, early than than folks were expecting. Two guys that I was a fan of. Brent's is like, a, I, I thought he was good. He's kind of a vanilla player to me. Like As a prospect, I was like, solid, but nothing that really blows my mind. Darius Rush, I was really high on. I thought getting him in the fifth round was another absolute steal, just in terms of a prototypical cornerback size and build. Um, not sure you can ask for much else in terms of what Darius Rush brings. Uh, I, I heard you talking about on a, another interview you did recently, just how much the NFL missed on um, the the Seattle the Seattle guy Tariq Woolen last year and thinking that they may have made the same mistake in a guy like Darius Rush, who he converted wide receiver, if I'm not mistaken, right? He's not got a ton of experience at the cornerback position, which makes you think he's not really reached his ceiling as a as a technician. Um, athletically, if he can stay healthy, like to me, he, he looks like if Caleb Farley was just healthy all the time and, and had a <laughs> decent back, like that, like just freak athlete, perfect cornerback build, I think the, the sky is the limit for this guy. Do you think that he's going to see a lot of action on the field? And what's the excitement about these two young players getting to play more? 
Yeah, I will say with Juju Brents, I mean, the projection was that he was going to play quite a bit this season. Obviously, they take him in the second round. Uh, right. you're, uh, like uh, Dr. Lipschitz here is saying, <laughs> if I said that right. I hope I said that right. I, um, he's been in our comments forever, and I still make it up. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Uh, he's saying 6'4 with a 7-foot wingspan, and then you factor in the 40-inch vertical, the elite uh, agilities and stuff like that. You know, it, it's obviously taking a shot on a mold that, continually misses in the NFL, you know, again, the Keller Witherspoon types and the mm-hmm. Isaiah Oliver um, and stuff like that. You know, th- those guys haven't really worked, but personally, I'm a big fan of long, big athletic corners. And you know what? Just keep taking those shots on them. I don't care if they all fail. Like I just, I, I think one of them's got to hit and when they do, it's going to be really good. And I think Brent's has a lot of the ability that you're looking for. Uh, so I love that pick in the second round, but then Darius Rush being there in round five. Uh, yeah. Like you said, on the other podcast, I was talking about it where it's like, the NFL is really weird about these former wide receiver converts. They're really mm. weird about them. They just yeah. let them fall a lot. And Darius Rush wasn't even like a Tariq Woolen, where I think Tariq Woolen only played corner for one season. Darius Rush was a corner, I think, for his last two and a half to three At years. At least two years, yeah. 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 And before that, he was a star on, on Gunner, on the punt team. Uh, you look at the film, and obviously, the, technically, it's not perfect, but you're looking again at a six, two, six, three corner that can tackle a little bit. He can turn and run with wide receivers. He can get physical. The The technique's not terrible. Like it, it's, it's not like you're looking at this and being like, Oh, he has no clue what he's doing. Like I was shocked that he fell that far. I, I actually had him neck and neck with Brent's in my pre-draft rankings. I had them both as second round guys. So did I. Yeah, no, I thought they were yeah. both day, day two guys for sure. Yeah. So I was shocked when Russ was still there. And then when they took him, I was like, okay, cool. At worst, you're getting an elite gunner. At best, you're getting a starting corner, but now it's looking like, you know, it could be a starting corner in year one because of the Isaiah Rogers stuff, which I have heard really great things about him so far in camp. You know, the Colts uh, they had okay. their rookie mini camp a couple weeks ago, and they were talking about basically from what I heard is that he was like the star of it all. He looked like the best rookie there among the defenders. Uh, and then that carried over into OTAs before he got a little dinged up and, and had to sit out. But yeah, he, he looks like he's the front runner to be the starter this year, which you know what, when you're going to have a bad season anyway, <laughs> just get those young kids some playing time, you know, That's throw them the in the point, fire, right? let them this play. This is the perfect yeah. season to have to, I think that it, it truly may end up being a blessing in disguise to get these guys, just just get their sea legs about them, mm-hmm. kind of figure out the NFL, and if they're ready to go as plus starters in year two of the Anthony Richardson era, that's kind of all you could ask for. Obviously, you'd prefer to have a known quantity and Isaiah Rogers around, but yeah. um, there, I think that there is some silver lining there. Um, we're going to we're going to continue talking about the Colts. But if anybody listening has any questions for Zach, make sure to go over to probably sports media's YouTube page. You'll find this live stream. And in the comment section of that video, you can send comments. And uh, I'm sure Zach would be happy to try to answer any and all Colts questions you have. The only other guy in this draft that I want to talk about specifically is, of course, Jake Witt. No, I'm kidding. Um, it, <laughs> it's uh, I know, although I, I do know that like. You have you have takes on Jake Witt. Is, is what I've is what I've heard. Look, look, man. I I don't even need to see the film because obviously I'm not going to find that film. Tackle out of like, Michigan, by the way, yeah. for the non sickos. No, 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 no. Not yeah. tackle out of Michigan. Northern or, Michigan. Northern Michigan. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Northern sorry. Michigan. We're talking yeah. like D two or D three, whatever that is. D two, mm-hmm. I think, is what it was. Former basketball player. Look, all you have to do is put that that that, that athleticism in front of me. And I'm like, all right, cool. Let's take that shot in rounds. It's round seven. Whatever. That's what the Colts said. That's what yeah. they said. Athleticism, we will take. Big guy, yeah. strong guy. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. If, you're, if your RAS is under 9.5, the Colts are like, eh, you know, like 
definitely really the case for uh, Blake Freeland then, right? Yeah. Blake yeah, Freeland. Exactly. Pretty much everyone the last couple. I mean, the last like two or three. I mean, look, Jelani Woods, uh, Bernard Ryman last year, Nick yes. Cross, like all super athletes. The Colts love their super athletes. You know what? If you fail, you're at least going to get some good special teamers, you know? So it's like. I, I like it. I like the, I like the process. No, it's a hundred percent. And that's kind of, it's kind of been the case with the Titans and the Colts. I feel like the past three years, they've both been competing to like define the off the bus team in the league. Like you yeah. can just be the biggest, strongest, most bully looking team in the world. And the Colts certainly do a good job of that in the draft. The guy that I do want to talk about and speaking of RAS, Holy guacamole, dude. I did Tamawa Adabaware. He falls another, just this was the year of steals for the Colts. The fact that, they get this guy who I thought was like a fringe first round guy. Definitely did not see him under any circumstances falling out of day two. He goes in the fourth round, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And from an athletic standpoint, he's got to be one of the best athletes on the team out of the gate. This guy's yeah. a, a monster. There's some you know refinement that he needs to do. But do you think he's going to be an impact in year one? And, and what is the excitement level around him? Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see him have an impact. You know, when we're looking at Gus Bradley's defensive front and what he likes to do with his defensive lines, you know, it's very gap shooting. It's a lot of just attack those gaps with multiple athletes. You have Quiddy Pay, Dio Dambo, DeForest Buckner, Grover Stewart. You Mm -hmm. want these guys just shooting gaps and disrupting plays as much as possible. So now you're getting this guy who runs a 4-4-9 and super explosive and and was really miscast there in college, kind of like what Quiddy Pay was a couple years ago. Like like Quiddy Pay was playing like – like defensive tackle at Michigan as right. a 250 out of pound. necessity, basically just because you, <laughs> you are the best athlete on the team. Let's play you here. Right. 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 Exactly. You're the only one who can defend the run on this entire defense. We're going to put <laughs> right. you on the inside. Right. Uh, and, and Adi Adi was kind of like that last year too, where it's like, they were putting him at like five tech at times. They were moving him down to nose tackle at times, putting him in the wide nine every now and then it's like, look, you have a 280 pound guy who runs a four, four, get him in that three tech, let him attack downhill uh, and use that explosiveness on those two way goes against guards. Like they, they just didn't really put him in the best, op- the best uh, opportunities there in college and his numbers and development kind of struggled with that. So I, I could see why he fell to round four, but like when you're t- again, you're a team like the Colts where you just want athletes. You just want to get those athletes out there and you just want to tell them to go get it. Uh, you know, they, they signed Taven Bryan this offseason, the perfect guy to to learn from where it's the yep. super athlete, super athletic guy who never really developed in the NFL, but still a solid uh, rotational guy. Uh, if if Adi is at worst a Taven Bryan type guy, that's fine. That's perfectly fine. Took him in round four. But at best, you could have a really good three tech, which I, I love taking shots like that on day three. Before we talk about the rest of the roster and, and this season, I do want to touch briefly on the coaching turnover. I think that this coaching staff, you know, obviously a lot of changes. Um, I, I like it a lot. I think it's a sneaky, really, really strong coaching staff. I know during the coaching cycle in spring, there all the talk was about how like, well, this Panthers coaching staff, I'm a big fan. And I, I mean, to be fair, it's a, it looks like a very nice staff they put together. I think that Shane Steichen and the staff that he's built in Indianapolis it's in my opinion, and you correct me if, if I'm wrong, it feels like a kind of a different feel than we've seen from Indianapolis in the past decade or so. Um, he, he's got, you know, bringing in guys like Jim Bob Cooter from in, in the division, um, elite name, obviously Sh- <laughs> shockingly young. I, I think I always just profiled him based on his name as like some 50, 60 year old guy. I found out he's like 39 or something the other day. And, and that yeah. blew my mind out of my skull. Um, he's, a you know, his past concepts, 
I think that the, the Jaguars are going to regret having him designing past concepts for the Colts and not for the Jaguars this year is, is what I'll say about that. But um, what are your thoughts on the hiring of Shane Steichen, obviously offensive coordinator from Philadelphia? I, I think a very safe, very forward thinking, modern hire. Uh, I don't see any way that you can really think that that's a bad move. I don't, I didn't see anybody critique that. Um, especially now that, you know, they have Anthony Richardson in the building who better to try to mold him into an NFL quarterback than the guy that we just saw mold Jalen hurts into an NFL quarterback. What are your thoughts on him and his staff? Yeah, I love, I love the staff. Uh, and I will preface this by saying, you know, I, I said that, uh, that Anthony Richardson was my guy since December, who I wanted Anthony Richardson to be the Colts uh, quarterback. Well, when they made the move to Jeff Saturday, I was like, okay, I want Shane Steichen to be our head coach. Like that's yeah. my guy, you know, okay. like, because again, when you're looking at the modern era of football that we're in right now, it is those, those two way passers, you know, those passers that can take these defenses that are playing everything's so tight because they have uber athletes on defense right now. Like mm -hmm. every team does. And they're sitting back in those Fangio uh, quarter, those quarters coverages, and they're making you have to be precise and attack down low. Now having an athletic quarterback, like a Jalen hurts, you're able to just spread those defenses out and attack them in multiple ways underneath and kind of open up the, the deep ball game yet again. So you're looking again, Anthony Richardson fits that new mold, but who, which coach fits that new mold as well. That's Shane Steichen. Uh, so I love when they went yep. out and got Shane Steichen, especially after a whole off season of like, oh, they're going to hire Jeff Saturday. <laughs> they're going to hire every week. They're going to hire final Jeff round, Saturday. baby. Jeff Saturday's oh. in the mix. Yeah, Jeff. Uh, who was your source on that? Oh, Jeff Saturday. Okay, Jeff. Cool. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Jeff was ever Jeff was everybody's source and all that, which mm -hmm. was it, that's a whole. We could do a whole show on that. That was insane. <laughs> But um, yeah, no, when they got Shane Steigen, very forward thinking higher. Uh, and then I really love what he did with the staff where, you know, it was kind of the inverse of what the Panthers did. The Panthers went after more of these big, big media type names, guys mm -hmm. who have had success. And you know, Jim Caldwell, we love Jim Caldwell. I, I love Jim Caldwell. I'm not even no, saying anything bad about same him. Deal. Yeah. Yeah. Jim, but that's again, it's like a throwback name. It's a, bringing that experience to work with your potential pocket passer that you're going to be bringing in, which is yeah. Bryce Young. The, the Colts, they kind of built everything for a mobile passer, you know, which we could have, yep. again, we could have said from day one, like, oh, yeah, it's going to be Anthony Richardson because they bring in Cam Turner, who worked, you know, who's obviously has a relationship with North Turner as his uh, as his nephew uh, and worked with uh, what's his face over there in Arizona, uh, Cliff, King, Cliff Kingsbury. Kingsbury. So, yeah. yeah, so worked with a mobile quarterback. You bring in two guys from the Giants staff who work with Daniel Jones and his rushing breakout season. Uh, you're bringing over Jim Bob Cooter, who worked with the Eagles in 2020 uh, right. with with uh, Shane Steichen. So you bring in all these young, eager, energetic guys who are ready to work with this new era of football. And then you give them that new era of football quarterback. It's like they were building everything for Anthony Richardson. So the hiring of Shane Steichen, all these guys are bringing in around him, all these hungry young guys. I think it just fits what this team needs right now. And it's kind of just that that stark difference from what we got with Frank Reich, where it was kind of, you know, like Frank Reich. I love Frank Reich. His his personality, though, was kind of more of that, you know, keep it calm at all times. The, you know, the pastor buddy, like, and stuff like that. Where sometimes right. you just need the energetic, you know, young guys in there. Bring some you juice. Know? Right, yeah, right. Yeah, And that's, I think, mean, this, this staff brings juice. It brings innovation. It brings a new era of football to Indy. And also brings, again, more tempered expectations, which are a little easier to, to steadily grow rather than we need you to make the playoffs or be a fringe playoff team every year. So we're going to keep giving you some old guys. Right. We, we've covered the new additions. So let's talk about the rest of this roster. Let's start from a, like a 10,000 foot perspective on this season for this team. We like to 
on this show, we like to talk about ranges of outcomes this time of year. It's a lot of like scheduled predictions. This will happen. This won't happen. This team can be a playoff team. This team cannot make it to like, you know, very black and white, which I think is really silly. And, um, so we like to talk about things on, on a, on a sliding scale, best case scenarios, worst case scenarios. So in terms of the range of outcomes for this Colts team this year, what do you think best and worst case scenarios are? And then kind of narrowing that down to what you're expecting, maybe the the median most likely scenario for this team is in 2023. Yeah. So, I mean, worst case scenario, or I, I don't, do you even say worst case scenario? Because if they get the number one overall pick, then they're getting about Marvin to say, Harrison. They're getting Marvin worst, Harrison Jr. In a one-year vacuum. But yeah. for, for the Colt, I mean, that feels kind of like destiny a little bit to just bring Marvin Harrison in would be. I'm sure the city of Indianapolis would have no qualms with that. Right. Can, yeah. can we be upset? If they get the first overall pick, they move back like two spots. So quarterbacks, so people can come up for those quarterbacks. You get a ton of picks like the bears did, but then you get Marvin Harrison jr. Feeling great. So you might could if- argue worst case is actually, they win like seven games, <laughs> but Richardson looks really bad. Right. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Quentin Nelson carries them to all those uh-huh. games on those fullback runs on the goal line. That's what, <laughs> that's <laughs> right. what we're looking at there. Uh, but no, I think worst case, you know, you could see them being bad enough to be a first overall overall pick you know super young coach who's never been a head coach before a quarterback who was not great in college and you know we know there's going to be some lumps there and even if they start Gardner Minshew I mean this is third team and like what his second time you'd be getting a chance at starting like it's it's not really someone that you're gonna have a ton of confidence with. for my money he's the best backup in the league I think getting him as the backup for Richardson is great I don't know about like play styles matching but yeah I it do you think there's any scenario in which they roll with Minshew out of the gate they might. I think they want to start Anthony Richardson day one. Like that's that's the plan. Yeah. The, the plan is to get him ready to go. But if okay. it's just like, hey, this first week or second week matchup just doesn't look great. We're not feeling ready for him yet. We want to see him like kind of absorb the NFL game from the sideline for a game or two and then get him out there. Hmm. I, I could see that happening there. So um I, I do think they want to get him out there sooner than later. But right. um yeah, you could see a way where this just plummets like they did last year you know the, the team quits on them quits on everybody like they did last year and, and you have to make some major changes uh but i think for looking at peak you know again this it's a weird team because last year they were a four-win team uh with a corpse of a quarterback back there uh but when they had a real head coach in there they were a below average football team they were an average to below average football team you know right. like yes the titans beat the crap out of them and so did the the jaguars uh, but they beat the the Super Bowl champs and the Chiefs. They they put some good fight in some other games too. Like I'm not saying they were a playoff team, but they were like a you know like a just missed the playoff team, a seven eight win team. Fire. There was some competency, right? Yeah, yeah. And they still have talent. You know, the Quentin Nelson on the team, Braden Smith, Ryan Kelly, Shaquille Leonard was out the whole year, but you still have him on the roster. All the reasons everybody in the media has been high on them the past three right. years because right. the talent on paper, it's all there. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so you still have the talent. So if Richardson comes in, he's ahead of schedule and has a great season, you could see them being the playoff team in year one. Maybe not winning the division or anything like right. that, but you could see them being that six to seven seed. Uh, or who, heck, who knows in this division? They could win the division with nine wins. And That's, that's what I'm <laughs> saying. You get to nine, nine or ten wins, and it's anybody's ballgame, I think. Right, right. So I think they have a, such a wide range of outcomes where they could be the first overall pick. They could be a fringe playoff team that, that gives a fight in the playoffs. It really comes down to Anthony Richardson. It comes down to this new coaching staff. It comes down to... What does this defense look like, especially with how young they are at cornerback? Uh, there are a lot of ways this could go wrong um, or go right for this team. So I think the the range of outcomes is crazy with this team, but I think they're going to settle into that like 
six, seven, eight, win. Not, maybe not even eight, eight seems a little much, but like six, seven sure. wins, you know, where like early on it's a struggle. They lose like their first like six or seven games. And then down the stretch, they're able to kind of turn it around and, and win some down the stretch where all of us are saying, no, don't win. We want Marvin Harrison. Jr. <laughs> right, right. They win like five of their last right, seven games. Right. Richardson starts to, yeah. But, but then it's worth it. If Richardson starts, I mean, look, yes. I love Marvin Harrison Jr. I think he's going to be a superstar in the league. I'm fine with losing out on him. If it means Richardson's growing as a passer and becomes the actual franchise guy, like I will gladly that trade is better for the team long-term. Yeah. Yeah. yeah mean, you want the, really, the quarterback. Yeah, yeah. The quarterback. So, um, yeah, I think that's where they're going to settle in around five, six. And when, when, when Steichen and Richardson start finding their groove later in the season, they start playing a little bit better. Um, I think they'll start winning some games, but I don't expect, you know, too many great things this season for the Colts. I want to talk about potential breakout candidates, and I'm sure you have a, a, at least one, probably a handful of guys in mind that, that may put themselves on the map this year for the Colts. Um, there's a couple for me that, that may overlap the one speaking of guys that I was really high on and wanted the Titans to draft. And then they ultimately didn't, but they also got a, another guy that's also very good last year. Um, the, the Colts go and draft <laughs> sticking with the crazy, crazy athleticism mold. Uh, they go and they add, um, uh, oh, I'm totally blanking on his name now. The, the tight end, um, Johnny, Johnny Woods. Woods. Johnny yeah. Woods. Yeah. No, I I've yeah. got Chig's name stuck in my head, and I'm like, what's the <laughs> other guy? Uh, Johnny <laughs> Woods. They add who um, is a, a monster athlete. He's somebody that um, I think that the the Chig hype train has finally left the station. Like people are talking about Chigakonkwo in the AFC South as one of the top tight. It's like Chig and Evan Ingram. Let's talk about those guys. Jelani. Um, he's somebody that certainly a, a big project coming out right and the, the, that's the reason why he went where he did we saw flashes from la him last year that i was kind of surprised that it, like it, it felt a little bit ahead of schedule for what mm -hmm. i was expecting for him it wouldn't shock me at all if this year he he really kind of puts his name on the map i don't think it's going to be like some incredible top five tight end season but it might be the year before the year kind of thing for him and depending on if richardson is one of those guys that just needs a a you know, who's a, who's a rookie quarterback's best friend, the dump down tight end, baby, if he can be there and they utilize him in that way in the passing game. What do you think about about Woods's potential this season and then other guys on this roster that you think that could really be a breakout candidate? Well, you know, I I'm personally a big fan of six foot seven, 260 pound players that can outrun linebackers. You know, I'm a huge fan of that. You know, guys, <laughs> sure, sure. guys running the four to find and, yeah, there. Yeah. yeah, I could climb the ladder a little bit, too. Yes, the route running's not perfect and and the blocking needs some some adjustments. But no, with Jelani Woods, you know, they were coming into the year expecting him to be a project. You know, he yeah. was he was their fourth tight end for most of the summer last year okay uh, and then drew ogletree goes down their fifth round pick was a little bit ahead of him he goes down with an injury uh Moelle cox has a poor season kylan granson kind of settles into his role that's not really the starting tight end but more of a backup mm -hmm. uh, and then we saw jelani woods get much more playing time down the stretch and despite the blocking again not being perfect and then jeff saturday comes in and wants to go back to 1920s football <laughs> uh so jelani woods didn't really have a place in some of those games but when you saw the flashes when you saw the colts had to throw it and they actually threw the ball to him it was like oh man, like this could be another one of the, like a top tight end in football. Like yeah. we saw it in the Pittsburgh game late in the game. They threw like five straight passes to him. We saw it in one of the, one of the Titans games. Uh, he nearly had like a 40 yard touchdown. I think yep. he just got tripped up on like the three yard line or something yep. and fell short. Um, there, there's a lot to like about Jelani Woods and 
I, I don't want to get too crazy, but like I really do think he can be like that that next like Dallas Goddard, Mark Andrews type player, just like Chig is. Like Chig is phenomenal. Yeah, no, I think well. that they're both <laughs> rising stars, genuinely. Yeah. yeah, I think when you're looking at what again, what a player can do, what what can't Jelani Woods do? You know, as of right yes. now, maybe blocking, but <laughs> but you want to see like if you want to what you want in like a pass catcher, like he can kind of do it all. So. I'm excited to see what he can do this year. I think that's a great breakout candidate. I'd also throw another player from that draft class and Alec Pierce in there because we saw last year when he got his, you know, one chance every week or whatever down the field, (laughs) he he was, he was going up and getting it. Now some of them, he got the benefit of the ball being 30 yards under thrown. So the defensive back is continually running down the field and it's falling into his lap. Last couple of years, the old oh, under yeah. throw ball. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, no, Philip was Philip was throwing some. You're right. Out there. It was Phillip right was after Philip. We got. I mean, we got a lot of. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of under throw. I mean, Carson Wentz was really the. He was the under throw merchant for a he while. He was a king at that. He was uh-huh. the king at that. We love Carson, but uh, <laughs> Alec Pierce, man, those couple chances where he could go up and get it and win in traffic, you know, against Jalen Watson in the Kansas City Chiefs game. Uh, against Benjamin St. Juice in the Washington Commanders game. I think he had one against the Titans as well early in the season, going up and getting it late when they could have won the game because of it. Like yep. they had a chance to win when he made that huge play. And then I think t- uh, Taylor fumbled on an injury, uh, the, like the next play or something yep. like that. That was just the, a summary of the season for the Colts. It, it but, really was encapsulating of the season. Yeah. yeah, yeah but, you, but you bring in a guy like Richardson where you're going to force teams into single high safety more because you have to bring that safety in the box. You have to have an extra guy in the box because of his running ability. And the one area where Richardson was pretty accurate last year was down the field, throwing the ball down the field and giving his wide receivers chances. Uh, I think that bodes really well for a player like Alec Pierce. So I I think he's going to have a really solid productive season. And then just a quick one on defense here. I think EJ speed is going to have a really good chance at linebacker. Okay. No, uh, I'm undoing your quick remark because I do want to, I want to talk about EJ speed. (laughs) Okay. Okay. It was your interview with Marcus Whitman that, that I referenced earlier that really I was, I mean, he was ranting and raving about speed and I was like, really, you know? And so I go and I look at, I look at some of the film earlier today. Yeah, man. Yeah. Where, (laughs) where did that come from? What's, what do you think? I don't know. In the in the absence of Shaq Leonard last year, speed and who's the other young guy that got a lot of playing time last year? That was Z- um, Zaire Franklin broke Franklin. the franchise record for tackles in the season. Yes, so. th- those two really impressed me. Not really in relief, like they would have gotten some play, but you know, speed in particular, his entire rookie contract for the most part, just being crammed down the the depth chart, not really getting a chance. Mm-hmm. He gets that chance. Dude can ball, man. What do you think the this is like I'm, this is total squirrel detour, but that's where we're at at, the, at this point in the in the process. I just want to talk all about the Colts. Yeah, yeah. What, no, what, he, what do you think speaks. that look that position? Sorry, the actual question is: What do you think that position group looks like with the return of Leonard after those two really popped? Yeah. So we'll say with Leonard, like I can't even comment on his availability for this next season because sure. we just don't know. I mean, he had a major, major surgery. Same surgery twice, you know, to fix a nerve issue in his back. Is that uh, kind of the message coming out from beat writers and from the Colts? Like, we just don't know, or are they expecting him to? It's all everything right now is like, oh, yeah, he's on a we like where he's at right now with his recovery. Right. Nothing like, specific. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't like that, guys. I don't, <laughs> sure. Sure. I heard That's that the deal with Harold Landry right now, too. They're like, yeah. we love where he's at. We're not going to push it. And it's like, okay, that. So when? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so like we just don't know. Like he hasn't really touched the field much at all mm-hmm. since his second surgery. 
and the first surgery again it didn't go well which led to the the setback in the second surgery so it's just it's really hard to project any of that and and where he's going to be you know when it comes to playing football ever again even like I, I just i don't feel comfortable even projecting any of that because it's such a major injury and major surgery uh so it's tough but the, the benefactor of that is a player like EJ speed where he finally got some real playing time last year. You know, he was a quarterback slash wide receiver uh, at Tarleton state a couple years ago. So I did line. not know that. Where is yeah. Tarleton? Do you have any idea where Tarleton state is? I want to say it's Alabama or Louisiana, <laughs> Alabama, Louisiana, one FCS? of 50 States. Or no, it doesn't D2. matter. I'd, I'd believe you. I have no idea. Never heard yeah, of that place. D2 down in the South somewhere. Um, okay. he, he played linebacker his final season. Uh, the funniest story about that is when he got drafted by the Colts, NFL network had no clue what position he played. So they put him at quarterback <laughs> and we were like, we took a Tarleton State quarterback. Tarleton State. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, we took a, and then they changed it to wide receiver. And we were like, we took a wide receiver from Tarleton State. <laughs> And they put his yeah. weight at like 230 or something. We were like, what is this? That's guy? so funny. That's amazing. Um, but no, he comes into camp. I mean, he is the skinniest waist on the team. And like, he just, you know, he was a special teamer. He was a special teamer early sure. on. And it was like, we're going to see what he can do. Uh, and even last year, you know, they put him in a lot of situations where it's like, we're not really trusting you too much in coverage yet. Like we don't, we, we have Bobby Okereke, who's a really good coverage linebacker. We really like him in coverage. We're not going to force the issue with EJ in coverage yet, but we're going to get him out there in those auto rolls that the Sam roll basically uh, and let him attack downhill. And oh my God, when they let him attack downhill, it was so fast, so yeah. explosive, so powerful. Uh, and, you know, by almost every standard, he was one of the best run defending linebackers in the league alongside Zaire Franklin, who was another phenomenal one in run defense as well. Uh, so yeah, if, if uh, Shaquille Leonard is not able to play much this season or whatever happens with that, or even if he does play speed's going to get some good playing time and, if he can just develop a little bit as a pass coverage guy, like you're looking at a really good linebacker tandem with him and Zaire Franklin, because Zaire Franklin, you know, he emerged as a pretty good linebacker last year. So, yeah, you know, you feel iffy about the group because at the end of the day, it's all about turnovers and Shaquille Leonard, if anything, gets you turnovers. That, that's the one thing he's always going to get you no matter what. Yep. Uh, so the drop off from him to speed and Franklin is just in that turnover department. But you know, you could be in a lot worse situation losing your star linebacker the last two seasons and having guys like Bobby O'Karake last year and then Zaire Franklin and maybe EJ Speed this year stepping up for him. Let's talk about strengths and weaknesses on this roster. Um, let's start on, on the positive side of the spectrum. What do you think the, the strongest um, position group is on this team? I guess both in terms of top-end talent and depth. Where, what is going to be the strength of this team this year? Oh, it's almost certainly defensive tackle. I mean, right. I, I, know, yeah. I know that that sucks to say because you want it to be quarterback or wide receiver or cornerback sure. where it's like, eh, you know, we're, we're okay at those, I guess, for below average. Them, it's, but... it's, it's it's really the same answer with the Titans, right? It's like, I know the yeah. defensive line is going to be good. Oh, yeah, you, you're defensive tackle group, too. Oh, my gosh. You that's know, what I'm, that's what I'm Tartar, saying. Like, like, they, they mirror each other more than folks think. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Except, except we know that we're going to be bad guys. We know. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding with you guys. Um, with with variable, you can never count the Titans out. But, that's uh, the that's the X factor, right? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, DeForest Buckner, Grover Stewart, two of the best defensive tackles in all of football. Uh, Grover Stewart has emerged as one of the Grover top Stewart one. does not get enough love, man. He he is like I'm trying to think of another, a player similar to him, just in capability, like. Um, He's kind of like a he, shades of tier tart to bring home for our audience. Um, yep. Some of the in, in Titans fans would be like, yeah, tier tart doesn't get enough love. Grover Stewart's in that same bucket as a pass yep. rusher. 
there's there's some still to be desired, but as a run stuffer, it's hard to get better than that in the league. Yeah, yeah. Uh, career high seventy tackles last year from the one tech position. Uh, That's hard to been, do, kids. Yeah, yeah, has been one of the best in the league the last couple seasons in terms of run stop percentage and just overall run stops from the defensive tackle position. Phenomenal player, and then obviously DeForest Buckner, uh, really strong defensive tackle as well. Uh, but I think outside defensive tackle, again, we're going to go back to old school football. I think running back room is pretty good. You know, you sure. have yeah, you have Jonathan Taylor, uh, but behind him, Zach Moss came in last year, ran for. Mm-hmm over 300 yards in the last three games, probably won some fantasy football championships for some people out there. If uh, anybody was in deep fantasy playoffs yeah. <laughs> with Zach Moss on their roster, I have so many questions, but you know, yeah, no, yeah, I, I know someone gets hurt or, you know, sure, yeah, yeah. you yeah. better have picked that guy up. If he was on your roster all year, I don't know how you got there, dude. If um, you were somehow playing fantasy in week 17, where he had like two rushing touchdowns against the Texans, then uh-huh. there you go. You deserve that win right there. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. What, on the other side of the coin, what is the the flashing red light on the dashboard of this roster, um, either on offensive or defensive or both sides of the ball? Like what what are the position groups that you think they still really either need to address soon or are going to look to address maybe before 2024? Uh, I think it's more just the positions with the young guys, you know, obviously at cornerback sure. and quarterback, you just don't know what they're going to be. And those two positions are going to determine right. how good this team is. You know, if Darius yep. Rush and Juju Brents have strong seasons, the Colts could be a really good defense. But sure. if they if they play like rookies, they could be a horrendous defense because you're talking Gus Bradley's system. These corners are left in their thirds coverage quite a bit. Uh, that deep ha- that deep third and then, you know, can convert to deep halves and stuff like that. If you're getting beat over the top like Juju Brents was in college at times. It I was going to say, of all yeah. the defenses in the league, it it's not the most. Um, it's not a Kyle Shanahan style. Let's make the good guys look, or the, the, make the bad guys look good style of uh, scheme. Like Gus Bradley's going to hang you out to dry a little bit. Oh yeah, it's it's baptized by fire, baby. That's what we're yeah. looking at here. You know, we're gonna we're gonna get these guys into the fire here. But I think that's concerning. Obviously, quarterback just what's going to happen with Anthony Richardson. I'm, sure. Again, I'm, you and I are really high on him, and we think he can be really good, but year one could look pretty ugly and that could determine if they're a two win team or a 10 win team. Uh, but then the other one aside from that is the offensive line last year was far from perfect. <laughs> it was not, mm. it was not very good for most of the season. They were getting worked quite a bit uh, and they're kind of running it back with the same group that they had the last 10 games of last season. Yeah. I want to talk about this because that yeah. was, it felt for the first third of the season last year, it felt like they were just shuffling the deck every week. You had guys mixing and matching and a lot of young players, you know, you've got Bernard Raymond who I liked a lot coming out, but specifically as a project player, you know, they've got him playing early and often this year. If I'm not mistaken, he's going to be the starting left tackle. Is that Mm -hmm. right? Um, Again, I I think that he's going to be a really good player. Eventually. I don't know if that's somewhere he's close to yet, the rest of this offensive line it, it, on, on paper for me as somebody that's not in the weeds on these guys, it's a concern. Like what, what are, what are we expecting from this line this year? Hopefully what they showed a little bit late last season, uh, because late last season, they were not great. They were below average still late last year, good, but at least, good run blockers is just yeah. the pass blocking, which yeah. again, Titans fans know exactly what that is. Yeah. But no. Yeah. We know. Yeah. And I know we're, <laughs> we're we don't pass in the AFC South. Not a yeah. thing. We just run no. the ball, baby. No, for sure. For sure. But uh, yeah, no, we're getting uh Bernard Ryman and Will Fries are going to be starting at right guard and, and left tackle. And obviously you want to see right. bounce back seasons from Quentin Nelson. You want to see bounce back from Ryan Kelly and Brayden Smith as well. They all kind of had uh, just down seasons, but um, yeah, we were a little concerned here in India. They just didn't add depth 
really. Like Blake Freeland, we like Blake Freeland, obviously, but that's, you know, I guess one way they could go is Braden Smith to right guard and Blake Freeland at right tackle, but then you're starting two young tackles. And you guys know what that's like. Great way to not be good in a hurry. (laughs) Right. You'd rather have an average tackle and a below average guard than have an above average guard and a below average tackle. We we know that. We know that. Yeah, we we do know that. A little Dennis Daly flashback for Titans. Yeah. Or Eric Fisher for us. Or Eric Fisher. Yep. Uh Yeah. Uh, Matt Pryor for, oh gosh, Matt Pryor, Jamarcus Webb, if we want to even go more in the weeds here and stuff like yep. that. But um, yeah, that's one way to go. But I think they kind of want, I think what they're hoping is what they saw late, late last season where the offensive line was wonderfully below average late in the year, which we loved late in the year. They were below average because the first half of the season, they were atrocious. I mean, it was the worst offensive line in football. And it's like, we're paying these guys like $80 million to be the worst offensive line in football. Uh, but when they when they put Will Fries and Bernard Ryman in there, they did get better each week, and they started showing some chemistry. I think the hope is just getting a new staff and a new system and a new O-line coach in there that can get the fire back in those top-paid guys and see a good jump from the young guys. You know, a guy like Bernard Ryman is already up, I think, 20 pounds is what they were talking about. Oh, left okay. tackle And 20 pounds of muscle, too. Like, they, they were showing pictures of him. He looked pretty filled out, which, which you know, he important was important because he didn't. First of all, he didn't play football yeah. at all really in his life until high school, right? If I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. like he was a late, a late addition to the football world. And then was he always a lineman or he did he a tight end? Some... Yeah, okay. I, a... say, I thought he was yeah. a tight end convert. Yeah. 260 so... pound tight end and had to convert to left tackle. And I think his last season at Central Michigan, he played at like 290 at left okay. tackle. So what what yeah. are they expecting him to play at this year? Like 320, 310? I, I think they have him at like 320 right now. Okay. Whatever okay. is what gotcha. they were kind of saying. He added like 15 to 20 pounds of muscle. So that's big. We're, yeah, we're excited there. Will Fries, I think there were a lot of good things at mo- in moments, but you know, if he could just be below average, if that's your one poor player on the offensive line, you could live with that at being at right guard. We had it with Mark Lewinsky and stuff like that before. So, you know, I, I don't think it's the end of the world that they're rolling back that offensive line. It's just, I wish there were more competition. You know, I wish there were just another veteran or two in there just to be like, all right, like let, let's just feel more comfortable. If one of these guys isn't it, you know, for some fail safes, right. Yeah. Right, which right, right. they didn't have last year. Their fail safes were Ryman and fries who were young guys who weren't ready. And they kind of had to work through their growing pains from week eight when they became starters up until uh, the last four weeks when they actually looked like starting offensive linemen. It, it certainly seems like the, the offensive line to, to f- further draw parallels to the Titans. Um, both teams, I feel like the offensive lines maybe have the most to prove mm-hmm. on the team. If I told you this offensive line really disappointed this year, what what is the who is the weak point? That you're, who's the guy you're most concerned about? Well, honestly, the most concern would be the three guys that they paid big money to. Sure. Because, again, Bernard Ryman, you need solid play out of him because left tackle is just that vital. Like, you just sure. cannot have a below average left tackle. Yep. In today's NFL, the, the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, when they when they uh, lost the <laughs> – sorry. When they lost the, um, the Super Bowl, they went out and they got, you know, skill players across their offensive line and, and obviously at left tackle and stuff like that. Um, it, it's so important to have at least a solid player at left <laughs> left tackle. Y'all got to quit um, making us laugh in the comments. We're trying yeah, to do a job here. All right, guys. Um, we'll do a job. But uh, no, I, it would be the more it would be the really highly paid guys though, because unlike the Titans, you guys aren't paying your offensive line sixty to seventy million dollars this next season. Right. You, know, you got Quentin Nelson making twenty million a year. You got Brain Smith making near twenty million a year. You got uh, Ryan Kelly making I think like thirteen million a year. Like 
these guys need to step up. Last Those season, guys have to work for the right, the other right. question marks. To, right. Exactly. Like I can live with Will Fry's failing. I could live with Bernard Ryman failing. It's a third round pick and a seventh round pick. Yeah. Uh, with those guys, you know, like I can live with that. I can't live with the $20 million a year right tackle failing or the $14 million center failing or the left guard that you're paying to be a generational Hall of Fame player playing yeah. at a Pro Bowl level. Like it's fine. Pro Bowl level is fine. But like you're getting paid quarterback money. You need to be you need to be a Hall of Fame caliber guard 100%. at all times. Like you can't be getting thrown into your quarterback's lap by Dexter. I mean, Dexter Lawrence, great player. You can't be getting tossed aside. Like you can't have a uh, tire tart for how great he is. Great player. I love you. Sh- you should still be winning that yeah, at that should. price point. You should be winning exactly. that competition. Yeah, exactly. So that's the thing that, that these three highly paid guys just need to bounce back. They need to get back to where they were. And again, hopefully having this offensive line coach who's what, like 40 years old, who's a big time yeller and in their face, like young guy like them, like yep. hopefully he can kind of get that spark back in them that the 60 something year old Chris Strasser kind of, kind of let, let go aside there last season. Zach, we've been so appreciative of your time. One last question before we let you go. And for anybody that's, that's watching and listening last call for any questions you might have for Zach about the Colts, go over to Broadway sports media's YouTube page, leave your comments on this live video. And that's where we'll be able to see any questions you have. Um, let's finish with the wide receiver room and, and a, a comment that was made earlier um, by Logan Grady, just talking about how he feels the Colts still need a number one wide receiver. And he fears that they're going to pay Pittman like that. We don't have to talk about the contract implications uh, of that, but I do want to talk about this wide receiver room. I, I think it's well-rounded as we talked about earlier with downs and Pittman and Pierce as your top three guys, but there is some concern there over, is there a real alpha in that room? Do you see Pittman taking that step and being that true wide receiver one, or do you think that they maybe are still wanting in that category? I think the Colts view Pittman a little bit higher than I do. Um, I think they'd be more likely to extend Pittman right now than I would. Um, I, I would personally wait until after this season because I'm with you on that. I've seen enough these last two seasons to say that Michael Pittman Jr. is a good wide receiver. He yes. is a good wide receiver. Yes, he you is. A thousand yards average the last two years, nearly 90 catches average the last two years with Carson Wentz, the corpse of Matt Ryan, the corpse of Nick Foles, and <laughs> Sam Ellinger is the probably the best of the bunch. In all right. Guys. Yeah. Like, like I feel comfortable saying that Michael Pittman Jr. did did some good things in those these last two seasons, but it's like it's like he's right there. It's like he's so close. Yes. He's, so he's close. a bona fide good wide receiver too. Yeah. You, I think yeah. you could put him in as the second guy anywhere and he would excel. I, I think he's like Corey Davis was with AJ Brown here. It's like, yeah, you're going to plug that in and they're going to mm-hmm. they're going to probably overperform. But can yeah. he can he take that next step? Is he is he you know, I'm I'm with you there. Like I'm not sure what what do you what does he need to do in your opinion to prove to you that like yeah, this is the guy. He can be a one. I don't know because like 2021 from what we could see from most of that season was like, Oh yeah, this is a wide receiver. Yes. I mean, yep. he was winning down the field. He was winning short. He was winning over the middle, winning outside. Like there was a lot of great things, but then there were certain games and moments where the drops would come in, where he would just get out jumped by a guy down the field, like late in the season, he would run out of steam and it's like, I'm nervous. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I want you to be that wide receiver. What? So I think it, it's, it's a tougher decision than the AJ Brown one was where AJ Brown, the Titans should have extended. Um, you don't say, yeah. you don't you know. say yeah, revisionist history, maybe, but I feel like even at the time, we yeah, I don't that. think it is. I don't really think it is. 
I think, I can t- Titans fans certainly don't think it is. I'll tell you that much. I'm yeah. with you. I'm with you. But I think it's a it's a tougher decision than that because it could go either way. He could be he could be the next AJ Brown. He could be the next Kenny Galladay when you pay him. Like, mm. where does he go with this? I pretty wide spectrum there. Right, right. But you know what I mean. Like the bigger yeah. wide receiver that's showing yeah. some good things, but like it could go either way with him. Um, I, I personally think the Colts are going to extend him, and I think that they're. They're hoping for some good play. And luckily, when you have a rookie quarterback contract as your starter, you can afford to make more mistakes if this ends up being a mistake. And, yes. and obviously, if it ends up being good, then you have a wide receiver one for your young quarterback, and that can still do some good things. So, yeah, I'm torn on it um, when it comes to paying Pittman. But talking about the rest of the wide receiver room, you know, it's it's a very adequate wide receiver room. You know, you have your your guy and Michael Pittman Jr., your hopefully is the guy you have your deep threat in Alec Pierce. You have your quick separator, your quick winner in Josh downs. And then you have some, you know, some, some nice shots behind that. You have Isaiah McKenzie who did some good things in Buffalo. You have uh, Rashad Perryman who's had some good moments in his career. You have Ashton Doolin who, when he gets on offense, he makes some things happen, but if, at worst, he's a really great gunner was an all pro a couple seasons ago as well. Um, so yeah, you know, I I think it's a it's a solid wide receiver room. You want to you obviously want someone to emerge and you want it to to creep up into that top 10 range by the end of the year, but if it ends up being what it is right now where it's just an adequate wide receiver room, you know, that's that's doable. You can live with it if sure. but you need your star running back to about to say. Yeah, you need you need star to get explosive back, plays, you know, you some Richardson to hit. Yeah, no, yeah. 100%. Yeah, Zach, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time. Guys, go check out his work. You can follow him on Twitter at Zach Hicks, too. You can follow him on threads at Unavailable Image. I saw you posted that yesterday. Um, (laughs) You can can check out his work over as the lead analyst at Colts on Fan Nation, uh, the Sports Illustrated site. And then he's the co-host of the Locked on Colts podcast. Zach, what in particular are you working on right now? Is there anything you want to plug? Oh man, I'm working on some sleep. I'm working on, you know, just with you there. Yep. trying to figure out some content for this off season and stuff. We're trying to do some fun things over at Locked on Colts. We're still doing that three times a week right now in the off season. So okay. trying our best to figure out some things to do, but uh, yeah, you guys follow over there when it comes to written stuff, you know, just trying to find some things that you guys will actually read uh, again. <laughs> sure. The, t- the toughest time of year. Yep. Um, yep. But uh, yeah, some fun film stuff, obviously, and all that. And yeah, Logan here is saying in the comment section that I look like Dak Prescott. I think that's it's what I've just, heard. Yeah, I, I think it's the stubble because I don't, Logan. Well, I don't know ball. if you're aware. Dak Prescott is he's he's African American, and Zach Hicks is not. <laughs> um, so there's a there's that's a minor difference, I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, but the rest, I, I mean, I can see the resemblance. I think I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that. if you heard. That's a compliment, I think. Is that the Dak's a he's a handsome looking guy. So take oh, he's very attractive. Like he's I, a, a yeah, Logan, guy. like. Thanks, buddy. Like he's that's a very attractive <laughs> dude. Like it's comparing me to Dak Prescott. That's awesome. Like, so I mean, especially the shaved head and the I, I see it. I see <laughs> it's the it's the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm racist for pointing out that they are in fact different races. <laughs> different um, races. All right. Well, ending on that very weird note, Zach, thanks for your time, man. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll have you on the show another time, maybe. No, yeah. Oh, yeah, awesome. for sure. Definitely. Fantastic. Appreciate you. Appreciate everybody listening. Thanks so much. We'll be back first thing Monday morning talking about who knows what. Like Zach said, it's the offseason. We kind of make it up as we go. Until then, for producer JT and for our special guest, Zach Hicks, I'm your host, Easton Freeze. This has been the Hot Read Podcast. We'll talk to you next week.